Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. guys and gals uh, how about we just say hey everyone welcome back to another episode i really do uh owe you guys an apology uh mason is sick right now uh he's got some type of throat problem can't really talk that well coughing a lot um and then i i was also uh a little overworked i came home real exhausted the other day so we were not able to do a sunday episode for you guys i do apologize for that but I was able to land a guest for you guys. Now, I'm a little upset that these two individuals are not here while Mason's here because uh, Mason has a little bit of, I guess, apologies to be sent towards them or more or less backlash. And we'll we'll try to resolve that in the future. But uh, today's special guest is going to be Corey and Richie of the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast, which is our Arizona Coyotes affiliate. Now we know that Mason is no fan or ally to the Arizona Coyotes organization or probably any team in Arizona. Um, He talks very badly about them, not about the people, about the organization and the franchise. Hopefully we'll, we'll have him on again soon. That way, uh, Mason can say what he's got to say, and uh, we get a good bit of banter back and forth. But uh, I just wanted to again poly- apologize to you guys for our lack of episode on Sunday. I know it's been a bit of reoccurring issue, um, but honestly, folks, we're people. Uh, we do get sick. We do get burnt out. We try. We try not to get burnt out from the podcast. I don't think it's the podcast's fault. I just think it just happened because we were both just having a very off day. And uh, poor Mason is still suffering uh, from a very shitty throat problem. Uh, I caught some type of uh, virus, I think he said. Uh, I could barely hear him. Uh, It's hard enough to understand him because uh, his audio is normally messed up when I phone call him because he lives out in the sticks. But 
with him having a, a, a barely any voice that make it any easier for him. But folks, once again, uh, I am sorry, but we get to record a special episode today. Uh, it will be a day before you guys hear this. So today is May the 4th. If there's any Star Wars fans out there, uh, may the 4th be with you. I know that's fucking nerdy, but I am a nerd. I grew up on Star Wars. I love this shit. As soon as I'm done uh, with this episode and editing, I'm going to sit back, have a little dinner with my wife. And when she's ready to go play Sims or Call of Duty, whatever the fuck she wants to do, I'm probably going to go to bed a little early and uh, lay in the bed and watch some type of Star Wars. We'll figure out what that'll be later. But um, I did want to talk to you guys about um, our playoff predictions, but I kind of feel a little off trying to talk playoff predictions without having my co-host Mason's uh his predictions as well. So uh, hopefully you guys bear with us. And when we do our predictions next episode on Sunday uh, being released on Monday, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting that we record a day before you guys hear it. So if you guys ever hear that, I do, I do apologize. Uh, I'm a bit of a simpleton, but hopefully it's not too far back. Uh, the series would still be going on by the time that happens. Uh, I think, I have my picks, but I just feel like if I say my picks, um, you guys would like it, hopefully. But uh, I kind of want to hear Mason's banter back and forth between them. And uh, I think it would be better shared uh, together before I tell you guys. But we do have a couple of um, Habs related news that we could talk about without Mason. First off, we have... Uh, Oh, geez, where'd I go? I'm so sorry. Oh, so we had the um, end of season talks with with the media. I'd like to save that for when Mason gets back, especially um, if you guys tuned into the 26-minute Jeff Petrie uh, media end day. I thought it was really – I thought it was uh, a really good insight into Jeff Petrie's season, into what has been going on with Jeff Petrie. And um, I do feel that the – that some of the questions asked towards him were a little jarring, a little pushing the subject too much about his family and stuff like that. But it was for what he was willing to give a good insight into, you know, how, how tough it's been on him without seeing his family and, you know, the lackluster treatment or uh, the way the team was being run before the new organization or the, the new, uh, the new people were brought in. So let's save that one for, for when Mason comes back. But uh, we had a couple of, you know, the franchise, uh, the Habs own awards went out. So the uh, Romanov won the, the Jacques, y'all forgive me, uh, Beauchamp Molson trophy which is pretty badass. I thought he had a really good season. Now, our buddy Michael, who's been on the podcast twice this season, uh, did not feel the same way about Romanov. But I think Romanov made some really good strides this year into becoming a better player. I don't – I can agree in the sense that maybe Romanov will not be um, a top-pairing defenseman. But for right now, I think he's amazing. I think he's filling that role just fine. If, if things were to go south and that was what we had – I think Romanov would do a really good job at it. Um, I personally see him on the second pairing somewhere. So if you guys aren't familiar with the trophy, the trophy is awarded uh, annually to the Canadians player 
who played a dominant role during the regular season without earning any particular honors. Uh, the previous have to hold this in 20, the 2020-2021 season was Jake Allen. Um, I think uh, I think Romano fits this really well, but a dominant role for us. And honestly, um, felt like he was a little, I wouldn't say underrated. I just, there's just too much good shit going on um, amongst the league for them to really see Romanov being as, uh, as, uh, how would I say this? As like his involved, his evolution of his game in just this season. So, um, but kudos to Alexander Romanov for that. Um, also another one. Um, so Guy Lafleur was laid to rest once again. Um, it's just such a tough time. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to start reading the game again, just so I can get a little bit more Guy Lafleur in my life. But, um, I think that's something that would be better left to when Mason comes back. And I know it'll be a little bit late for you guys, but, uh, it's never a bad day to talk about Guy Lafleur. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, before we get to our uh, guests, we have uh, one more big thing. We have Riley Kidney signed an entry-level three-year with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he was ranked seventh in the QMJHL. Uh, he had 100 points this year at only 19 years old. He's right now five foot 11, 173 pounds, center if you guys aren't aren't sure you know if you weren't sure of that oh since 2019 i was about to say this dude had 171 points but this is a collective <laughs> but uh what you call it kidney was selected in the second round uh 63rd overall by the canadians in the 2021 draft i'm sure we all fucking know that let's see i believe suzuki ended up winning something as well yes i'm so sorry y'all nick suzuki actually won the Molson Cup Player of the Year. Um, I think that's a tremendous honor for Nick Suzuki. The trophy is awarded annually to the player who earned the most three-star selection selections and is based off a point system. His first star selections, three points, you know, second, two, and, and so on. Um, Nick Suzuki had, uh, in just this season, four first stars, four second stars, and five uh, third stars totaling 25 points. Um, very deserving of a guy who had a terrific season, um, you know, amongst all the bullshit, the lackluster start, the dips, um, the momentum swing before the um, the trade deadline and then the, the plateau and the fall afterwards um, to find a way to get 61 points in the worst, well, tied for the worst season in Montreal history. Uh, 21 goals and 40, 40 assists. He's a fucking all-star this year. Um, I don't think there was anyone more deserving. Um, just hoping that, you know, Cole Caulfield would have got the uh, Calder. But anyways, folks, uh, I want to thank you guys um, for listening and, uh, and bearing with us while Mason's sick. But uh, I think it's time that we go to our guests. All right, folks, I'm here with our guest, friends of the pods, friends of, 
Well, just really THPN family, uh, some veteran members from season one. We have Corey and Richie of the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast, our Arizona affiliate. And it is very unfortunate Mason's not here to get his due diligence. What's going on, y'all? Yeah, the man must have been so chicken shit of us that he had to run away from this one. The poor kid has some type of virus and is um, he can barely talk right now. Is the virus called being a little bitch? (laughs) I'm sorry, Mason. We love you. You just love to give us so much shit. So I had to get some of that like recorded. Pre-wedding aggression. (laughs) Oh my God. There's so much aggression. I need to get out on that. As someone who really did not want to give a shit about a wedding, I'm tired of people trying to make me give a shit. Oh, just wait. Like we were talking beforehand, you're going to be like, okay, cool. I get to take a break and there's going to be like 15 people with their hands out. And one of them's going to, you're going to take one by the hand and they're going to fucking run you in circles while photographers and all that shit take pictures. And like I said earlier, you're just going to blink and you're going to be like, what the fuck just happened? And it's gonna be like a day later. And everybody's like, your wedding was so great. And you'd be like, I don't fucking remember a moment of it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's everyone's like, don't drink too much. I'm not going to remember it anyways. Yeah, you know, you, you can be stone cold sober. And you probably won't remember anything but like your dance, the, uh, um, the I do's and leaving. And that's it. The six hours in between that is fucking a blur. <laughs> That's fantastic. Richie, you're going to have to remember it for me. Uh, I, I will do my best. Yeah. So, yeah, next, like a, a year later on your wedding anniversary, you're like, Richie, do you remember this and this and this? It was like, yes, I remember when you did the entire dance to uh, <laughs> uh, the entire Macarena on the fire. <laughs> Macarena? You want to do the Macarena? Uh, that was just the first like organized dance I could think of off the top of my head. I can just picture Richie, like if this was like if we were just born two decades back, I can see Richie with like one of those like 1990s like big old shoulder cameras, like just walking around recording everything. Like this is <laughs> this is this is for later, so we all know what happened. But now I can just see him on his phone, like just in his like little Google Docs, like like. 715 funny prank funny funny shot moment you know like because it's about all you can do because it's a blur for everybody honestly like the only people that remember that shit are like fuck i don't know like really just the sober people and if it's not their wedding they'll remember it if it's their wedding they're they're not gonna remember the shit it's too hard there's so much shit going on there's just gonna be one or two moments like Someone passing out, someone falling, um, shit like that. Oh, the fucking cake fell. Like, if it's not like ridiculous, it's not going to be remembered. So it'll be a little tough. But yeah, so what's up, you guys? We haven't talked like all fucking season. Y'all have been busy. We've been busy. I've fucking done with rehab and back at work. Um, And yeah, and that's it. Everybody's fucking busy. The season's over playoffs are here uh neither one of us are in the playoffs this year (laughs) and that's what that's just how it is so we're gonna fill from now until 
next season with a bunch of ridiculous bullshit. But um, I guess the first thing we can talk about, we got the draft lottery coming up on the 10th. Uh, Richie invited me from the the well-being of his heart to ask me to do the live stream with him. I agreed. I think it's going to be a great day. I'm surprised that we don't have some type of food challenge set up or, you know, like we've, we've talked about shotgunning, uh, but I'm sure it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like, uh, I guess like a promo to what I'm hoping we can get the after hours started back up once the season's over and there's not so many streamings that are being done for THPN, uh, which has been out, outrageous this fucking year. I saw you guys did a couple of them. But, yeah, uh, how do you think you guys are going to stack up in the draft lottery? I think you're getting first overall. Well, I'm I, thinking I... you must have brain damage. No, no, no. <laughs> Gary Batman knows what he's doing. You guys are getting <laughs> Shane Wright. And we're going to get that 218-pound um, kid that Mason's in love with. I think his name's like hey, – uh, yeah, I, I have a, to look his name here, up. Yeah, me too. Here's the thing. Like, Corey and I, we on our show, we, we do the draft lottery simulator mm-hmm. on every show. Now, I think we've done this about – Corey, how many – like 20 times on our show. And I think the Coyotes have only gotten number one twice out of those 20 spins – like, I have it up right now, draft lottery simulator, tankathon.com, and I'm going to do it again, and we're going to see where the Canadians and Coyotes come up. So here we go. Sim lottery. Yeah, see, this is this is what I think is going to happen, and we're not surprising one little bit, is Montreal <laughs> and Arizona both get screwed, and, they're, and they move down. In this lottery, the Ducks jump all the way up to number one. Ooh, Seattle gets number two, Montreal three, and Coyotes four. <laughs> um, the guy in the guy in question was Slavkovsky. Uh, this kid looks unreal. I haven't hit Sim Lottery yet, but it, it is stated right now at Montreal, Arizona, Seattle. Let's sim it up. Look at that: Chicago, Anaheim, Montreal, and then Arizona at fourth. Uh, See, look, um, both of that's them. That's horrible. Arizona ended up for <laughs> That is horrible. Honestly, it's like the a couple years ago when, uh, for the La- uh, Lafreniere, when New York just randomly jumped like nine spots to get the first overall. Um, oh, look, but you guys are going to take uh, Slavkovsky if you get second overall, apparently. That's cool. Uh, I hope you enjoy him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I honestly think it's going to be y'all. And I think it stems from, um, we, I had this big old, like a uh, wormhole. I fell into this deep dive of, of how I thought that, you know, cause Mason keeps shitting on the Arizona coyotes. And I said, no, Gary Metman is going to find a way to make sure that the brainchild isn't lost. Um, this is the perfect time to bring in like the new age kids and what better place than to Arizona's getting this new complex. They're going to get put into a smaller place. It's going to be more intimate, uh, pretty solid fucking team. We're going to bring in the, the new Shane, Wright. They're going to promote them. Right. It's going to happen. Um, and then I basically broke Mason that day because I went so far into this hole that it just confused the fuck out of <laughs> me. 
it can't be that hard to confuse him when he doesn't even understand the coyotes in the first place. Oh man. So what, so what doesn't he understand, Corey? I'm sorry. You guys have like an entire year's worth of, of like um, comments to get back at. And I know it'd be better if Mason was here, but maybe we can get a, um, almost like a pretext to maybe the, the off season episode when you're done with, your honeymoons and stuff and things are coming back to normal where you can decompress and then take all your vengeance back out on Mason. But um, what, what, what is Mason not understanding? I mean, I think he's in the same, to be honest with you, I think actually for the most part, Mason is a really cool dude that just fell into the same exact thing that everyone fucking does, which is the fact that they find the coyotes to be an easy target and they just lean into this shit. Like, it doesn't even mm-hmm. make any sense to me how much people really just lean into it. I feel like it at a certain point, it's just like they're constantly telling someone they're ugly, right? Like, we get it already, you know? It's how been how many years that people have talked about the Coyotes' attendance and whether hockey can survive in Arizona and um you know really not understanding their situation in glendale that is something that richie and i have talked about so many times and the fact that glendale was never really the ideal place for them to be because it is very much on the outskirts of arizona but you don't really know that unless you live here Mm -hmm. and so you know moving from downtown which is very centrally located to moving out there i mean it's funny because Richie lives right over by where uh, the Coyotes used to play. And even to like, for me to mentally want to drive out there, it's <laughs> for me, it's only like a 20 minute drive, but I'm still just like, fuck, I don't want to go that far West. Like why? And I, and once they moved from there outside of like, maybe Richie still wanting to be over there. Cause he wants to stay on the West side. Like there's no, there's no reason for me to go that far. And I really could care less about going over to Glendale anymore. It just doesn't mm-hmm. a- appeal to me. So the amount of people who are like that, who literally don't live that far away, and then the people who live a good solid hour away, which makes it two hours when you have um, traffic that are down in like Gilbert and Mesa area, which is like the, the two biggest growing areas of the state they basically say, oh, oh, fuck no, because why would I do that? <laughs> Especially on a day game or on a game that's in the middle of the week. Like, no one wants to fucking do that and get up and go to work the next day. That's some shit. So, like, I don't think a lot of people understand how shitty that is. I honestly would drive the 45 minutes to Tempe to see them now that I would to drive the 20 minutes to Glendale. Okay. I'm actually looking it up because I was going to ask the question, but sometimes it, you can just be an adult and look things up on Google. Cause I was trying to see like, like a map of Arizona that showed where the teams are. And uh, I found one, i found a couple of them. So they're a little, I don't know which one's the most accurate, but if you're saying it's that far West, I kind of see where it's at. Uh, yeah, it's it's it seems like the Yotes are like the far most to the left, right above uh, 
what do you call it? The Cardinals, uh, which is, isn't it in Glendale as well? Yeah. So the, where the Cardinals play is also in Glendale, mm-hmm. but it's, to me at least, it's different in the fact that they play, um, you know, whatever it is, eight home games. Yeah, or, I was, was going to say, I, I think it might have been Biz that had mentioned it on Spit and Chicklets. It's like their games are very successful because you're, you, you have to drive out of your way to go to this arena or this stadium, but you're doing it seven times compared to the, let's say, 40-something times you would have to do it for um, the Yotes. Uh, and that made me understand a little bit more. Um, but yeah, um, this is why we wanted you guys. I wanted you guys on here a couple of times during the season because it was just so much shit. Like we had an unsuccessful year. I mean, the fucking Habs went through so fucking much that it was like, okay, I don't want to be negative today. Let's look around the league and see what's going on. There was just so much shit going on with the Yotes um, throughout just the NHL media was just really covering it, but no one really attacked or like made, I guess, regular fans understand like the locations and, you know, like what is, what is beyond just the outline of it? What is, what is going on in Arizona? And I remember listening to one of y'all's episodes where you guys were like trying to clear the air on it. And, um, fuck, I don't know how to go back and find that one, but that was a really good episode. I felt a little bit more insightful from, you know, some Arizona uh, locals and, you know, Yotes fans to kind of get grips on the subject itself. But uh, where would you guys want the Yotes to be put? Like, would y'all want them back in Phoenix? Uh, Is there like another place that's, could be more ideal for them. I don't know what their plans are. I, I know they're going to play at ASU next year, which is fucking cool, and I'd like to get to that in a second. But is there, like, a, a hub where the fans would want them to be? They are – well, right now the plan is, and it is currently in the city council of Tempe, we're pouring over um, the Coyotes' submission – to build a new arena in the city of Tempe, which is similarly close to where ASU is, not too far from it. And it's a lot closer to where all the major freeways intersect on your more east side of town, which is your more affluent side of town, East Valley, where your Scottsdales are, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I, I think where they're planning to build this new rink, if the city council approves it, is, is going to work out really, really well. They're going to build not only the rink, but they're going to build a, a brand new, basically, hub for entertainment and food and, and kind of make turn into like a nightlife area and, and whatnot. And it's, hopefully it's going to work out really well for the city of Tempe, which is why I don't understand why they wouldn't approve it whatsoever, is that it's basically just more people coming to their city on a nightly basis. And so I think that works that would work out really well. And if for whatever reason that doesn't work out, um, they've talked about before doing, uh, building an arena on um, Native American land, which is where like the Diamondbacks spring training facility is, is mm-hmm. on Native American land on that east side of town out in the Scottsdale area. 
but yeah, I think as long as you're either downtown Phoenix or further east, then I think it's going to work out really well for the Coyotes. And heck, even in their final game at Healy Rev Arena, okay, this was a, a team that was bad. It was maybe the worst Coyotes team I've ever seen, um, which is saying something because I've seen I've seen several that are really <laughs> bad. 15,000 people showed up and came across the valley to watch the final game at Healy Rev Arena for a shitbox team in a game that didn't matter. And you see that and you go, damn, there are a lot of fans here, which is why to the people who are getting pissed off and when they see this 5,000 seat arena and they're calling it like a joke and they're saying, Oh, they're not going to sell out those games because of the prices like, give me a break. Like, and we, Corey and I have said this on our show too, which is you're creating exclusivity now, right? Mm-hmm. So you're only going to have about 4,000 to 5,000 people attending each game. So you're like, Oh wow, that's really cool. Only four or 5,000 people get to go to these games you're creating exclusivity now among fans, among non-fans who it now becomes a happening to go to these games. It comes, it becomes a like, Hey, I went to that Coyotes game last night. It was really cool. And so despite the fact that, yes, you're going to be paying 150 bucks plus to go to a game, which I think is, yeah, is it a high? Sure. Is it outlandish? No. Like you're going for the experience and you're going to have, I think you're going to have a good time in that arena, even though you're going to watch a shitbox team. So it is my guarantee to non-Coyotes fans who are listening to this show that they will sell out all every single home game next year. I don't know exactly what the schedule is going to look like because the arena is not going to be done until later in the fall. And they have some scheduling to work around with ASU as well. And ASU is going to be there on most weekends. So they're going to have a lot of scheduling to work out. But they're going to sell out every game next year. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And Corey and I are going to go to at least one game, if not more, depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's going to be super exciting next year, even though the team probably not going to be great. But, again, it just it's going to be unique as hell. And I think that's the cool thing about it. So I'm glad that the stadium got brought up uh, with uh, ASU. I think it's awesome. I love that you brought up the exclusivity of it. I think every game is going to sell out because you're, you're offering fans a unique experience. And um, I was trying to explain it to Mason and he just, you know, I'm, he understood it, but you know, he's just gotta, he's gotta say something about it. But the way I was looking at it is like, so when I grew up, I listened to a lot of heavier music Um we had a venue down here. It was called the high ground. Um, and this place was small. It was all ages, but it was cheap as fuck. It was, it's one of the smallest places I've ever gone to. Yeah. It was horrible. It was hot as fuck. It would just cram all these people in there. But I saw like some of the biggest bands that are out there, you know, maybe, maybe they're, they're not the biggest bands anymore, but like, I saw like a bunch of really great lineups for like, five dollars ten dollars like fifteen dollars was like the max but i know it's going to be more expensive there but it was like a unique experience to see these like bands that are selling out fucking arenas and selling out like big ass shows in a small fucking box basically like there was no bad spots it's a unique experience and it's something that 
you would go to every time. And like I was telling him, he was like, I don't think they're going to sell it. I was like, dude, if someone like me in New Orleans is like so hyped up for this, that they would pay a higher ticket price to see the NHL, even if it's you're not going there for Arizona, you can pick whatever team you fucking want. You're seeing them. There's no bad seats. You're seeing them in such a like a personal and it's almost like it's almost like going on a fucking date. Like it's like you're going to a very nice restaurant. It's just you and your significant other. Like it, it's such a a personal fucking experience. Like you're just basically on the fucking ice. You're so close to it, and it's gonna be loud as fuck in there. It's gonna be packed every night, regardless if it's just fucking Arizona fans or if it's a fucking mixed blend. I think it's such a cool experience. It's the closest thing to me understanding NFTs is this fucking experience next year. Like you're getting a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like say you're going to see fucking like you don't care about Arizona, but Alex Ovechkin, like you can go see Alex Ovechkin in his fucking later years play where he's basically right on fucking top of you. I think that's so fucking unique and cool. It, it's going to be, you said it completely. It's going to be a situation where you will have once in a lifetime, like opportunities to see the players that you want to see, because obviously there will be many other teams coming through there playing in there and you get to it's certain things. Like I was lucky enough to work for the team and I was lucky enough to be in a locker room and stand um, right next to Zendana Chara. But that to me was one of the coolest moments ever because seeing that man next to me on skates was the mm-hmm. scariest shit of my life. It was so cool. And like, and you know, having to hold like a camcorder or a, a recorder mm-hmm. up to him, like it was just like baffling that I'm wearing and I wore like some higher heels that day for that reason. And I was like, shit, I cannot reach this man. I'm like basically whacking him in the chest with this thing. And he, <laughs> literally it was massive and so you get to really live those moments like that and on teams where uh you have a lot more of the blockbuster players Mm -hmm. you know think about the fact of getting to see austin matthews at home that close to the ice like that is is shit that you couldn't get again and also i really don't think people understand that don't live here, the the demographics of uh, the state of Arizona either. And the fact that like, so I worked for like a a really fancy like health club. It's like, it's a gym, but it has like a bunch of other stuff in a spa and all this stuff. And the locations they have are are within like Scottsdale and within um, Chandler Gilbert area. And those are all on the east side there's a reason why they have all of their clubs on the east side because everyone is filthy rich to the point where they could give two shits about anything you know they go and like the ceo of, of carvana is just like playing tennis and doing <laughs> random shit and just spending money on like shit that they don't even care about i mean one of the the players of the coyotes used to pick up girls in scottsdale give them tickets to the games. They would walk into the games in their Louis Vuittons. And I would think to myself, this is chump change for them and that they're wearing into this <laughs> arena. And 
it's hilarious because when people talk about pricings of these things, I'm like, do you know how much a fucking home costs in Scottsdale? Because I couldn't even rent a one bedroom apartment in Scottsdale if I tried. And that's the thing is these people are so filthy rich. They could give two shits that they have to pay the extra money for that. And they're also going to save a section for the students at ASU. And Richie and I both as uh, ASU alumni know how freaking cool that is because ASU sections get really fucking rowdy. They're a ton of fun. Uh, the basketball team has a curtain of distraction, which mm-hmm. there's been many, many like famous people that have actually came and done it with them. So could you imagine, like, I mean, Michael Phelps did it one time and he is also the ASU swimming coach. Michael Phelps comes really? out at a uh, Coyotes <laughs> game with a curtain of distraction. Like that would be some of the coolest shit. There's a possibility of so many cool things. So many old NHL players still live here. And guess what? They live in the East Valley, which is where this is going to be. So you have old NHL players that are going to be there. You have Paul Bissonnette, who lives on the East side as well. And then you also go into the fact that most people who know, who don't know Arizona, they come visit for some reason. For us, it's funny because we partied on Mill in our college days. And now we're just like, we're a little too old for that shit. But I went to go see an all-time low concert. They came and they partied on Mill. And that was their big thing. And this are and ASU's arena is obviously not that far away because it's it's just a little bit of ways. But it's really the new one that they are planning on building that Richie was talking about earlier is so close to Mill that it is literally you could get there in minutes. So the fact that you're also going to have a perfect destination for people to go and to a place that's a tourist destination and then go mm-hmm. walk to a game. That's what every other town gets. It's the beauty of being in the fact of when I went to my bachelorette party in Nashville, if um, I didn't go during the time that there was a game, but like if I did, I could just fucking walk from drinking to Bridgestone, that's the point. Mm-hmm. And you could do the same thing here. Yeah, you're describing this, and I'm thinking of Broadway Street on in Nashville. Like, I believe that's what it's called. Uh, but no, that's awesome. Um, I don't know much about the, you know, like the, the Arizona way. Um, it's one place I do want to check out. I have a couple of friends that live out there now. Uh, not just y'all, a couple of guys, a uh, couple of people from New Orleans that I, uh, really good friends would had moved out there. So it's like been a place that I've wanted to check out for a long time. Um, and now it just, now I have the the perfect reason to like, I haven't gone to an NHL game yet. I'm sure I'll go to like a Dallas game before I make it to Arizona next season. But I think it's super fucking cool. It's a great opportunity. And then what, uh, like Richie was going on about, um, about the stadium getting built in, uh, was it Tempe or Temp? What the fuck it was called? Sorry. Uh, I think that's awesome. I think it, it sounds like it's it's a better area. It's in the east, like you're saying. The people are stupid fucking rich out there, so it'll be um, obviously well taken care of and in a better, more touristy side of it. And then it's in at close to Arizona's Bourbon Street or, or Broadway or whatever the fuck it's called in uh in nashville i think that's that's really awesome and and 
from what I hear when the team was in Phoenix, it was, it was a lot funner and stuff like that. I think it was just in more of a centralized hub, whereas uh, Glendale is kind of on like the outskirts of like, I wouldn't say civilization, but as far as like nightlife and shit like that, hopefully they're putting it like you're saying in a better position where people can not only go to a game, but then go minutes away and see the, the, you know, the nightlife and the touristy part of it. And, and you can just all be in this one centralized hub. I think that's the right way to do it. Um, and fuck hockey obviously flourishes in, in the fucking desert. They're just giving themselves a, a fucking, I, I guess an upgrade. Yeah, that's, that's the plan at least. And we are, we don't know, when the city council of Tempe is going to vote on this to approve it or not, but we're expecting it sometime this summer. Um, hopefully before we're expecting it before July, before like the middle of July, when the new city council members get seated after the election that just took place a couple weeks ago. So we'll have a solution sometime in the next two months. And there's been conflicting reports as to where the city council is on this. So uh, I, I, I think a lot of us are, are pretty positive about it. And we're all saying kind of the same thing, which is like, there's no public money going towards this arena. It's going to be all private money to actually build the arena. The only public money that's going to be needed is to essentially remediate the land. Cause right now the land that the coyotes are trying to build on, it's a, it's a, it's a literal dump. Like, and I'm not like saying like, that's cause it's just like a, it's a shitty area. No, like it's a literal actual landfill landfill nice it, it's like this thing. So, you guys are creating the, the like the antichrist of like what seattle did with the like the climate change arena like <laughs> 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 this is awesome <laughs> yeah so they got to go in and, and and redo the land completely and so that's the only cost of the city of tempe is going to have to incur and that, from what i understand that's somewhere in the in the range of 50 to 100 million dollars and that's that's it so you spend $100 million redoing some land, which you do all the time because you, you pay for roads, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. with tax money. And then and then hopefully you bring in the benefits over the next 30 years because you have a professional hockey team bringing people into that area on a nightly basis. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And, and um, fingers crossed that everything turns out okay. And the irony of building something successful on top of trash when everyone calls us trash every day. <laughs> well maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just clouting up the 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 haters just uh prove proving proving what they believe is real and showing your worth at the same time just blowing it out of the waters um richie i've been keeping an eye on this game i see we got about four minutes left before you need to get back to uh well to start really paying attention to this sun's game uh <laughs> So while while I brought up the Suns, uh, I just want to say I'm so fucking happy that y'all beat the New Orleans Pelicans, the shittiest fucking team in the world, the most terrible franchise. It's honestly why we don't have hockey here. And uh, if anyone is from New Orleans listening to this, uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what your, your problems is with me or if you think I'm stupid. We don't have hockey here because New Orleans chose a fucking basketball team again. And I'm just so happy that everyone had this big dream that we can keep on fighting and we won't bow down and this dumb shit. 
and the fucking sons with Chris Paul ended your stupid fucking dreams and allowed me to get my first weekend off in two months. It was beautiful. I high-fived every Suns fan I saw. Uh, I was a fucking menace while making money. It was a beautiful four, well, no, three games that I got to witness. And it was it was just so infectious, just, just taken in all the tears and desperation as this team fucking crumbled around them, whereas the team that deserved to move on did. I'm just so happy it was you guys. I'm happy y'all have a successful fucking team right now. Um, I'm just so proud of y'all. I thought about y'all the entire time. I was telling everyone they go fuck themselves as I clocked out for the last time for the shitty organization. Um, I was just I was just on one that night. Had a great weekend. I sat around and did nothing because I felt I deserved it. <laughs> as you should. I was wondering why because you and I were exchanging some messages on Twitter. And I saw you were cheering for the Suns, and I was a bit confused. But now I know why, and I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. So you're thanks for hopping on the bandwagon. We're more than happy to have you on for the rest of the playoffs. It's going well <laughs> so far. Um, we're recording in the first quarter. Suns are up 26-21. Devin Booker is cooking again. Already got seven points in the first quarter. DeAndre Ayton is feasting, feasting on that Dallas Mavericks uh, interior defense. But, yeah, I will say this. I hated playing the Pelicans. And I will pile on this. I'll say, fuck them. Um, they were pests to play against. Like, God damn it. Like, they were getting every call. Fucking Alvarado. Fuck that guy. That guy. Oh, my God. I, I want to oh, punch him in the I face am not so the bad. Biggest, I am not the biggest basketball fan, as you know, Richie. Like, and I, yeah. I slowly have gotten into it as, as you all basically brainwashed me to. Mm-hmm. And... um. I was so pissed off at him. Like I'm, I have never been actually angry at a, a single like basketball player because of, I don't have as deep of an investment. He annoyed the living fuck out of me. You know what's something funny? I don't even know what player you're talking about. I can I can probably picture it. Is it the guy with the goofy hair, kind of frizzly? Yep. Short, yeah. kind of short that yep. is like i see these guys for 48 fucking just about 40 whatever games a season i don't learn their names they fucking pass me i couldn't tell you who they are um i just don't fucking care they're not bad individuals they're not bad people i just walk into that fucking arena with so much hate that it doesn't fucking matter they can be the most successful team and i'd be like I need you to get the fuck out my way. I'm moving a fucking pony keg. Please get out of my face. Like, I don't care. I don't care about your franchise. Like, we had a solid, you know, shitty ECHL team that was taken from us, and that's all that matters to me. I I, I don't have hockey anymore. I will never live. let y'all live this shit down. Like, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. I just have a heart full of hate towards you. That's it. And I, 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 that'd be dope. First of all, if, if New Orleans got an NHL team, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but like, I feel like New Orleans is like, and their teams are good. Like they're, it's a pretty cool sports town watching like the, the dome get crazy on during saints games, mm-hmm. seeing how crazy, um, what is it? What is it called? Smoothie King center. Smoothie King during center. The Pelicans game. Mm-hmm. Like just when they took shots, to the fans, like they were into it. Like, 
I feel like yeah. the Oilers would be a cool place for for an NHL team if they ever NHL ever wanted to expand again, which they probably will at this point. I, I mean, there are 32 teams, but I feel like Gary Batman loves himself some extra teams. Hey, it's Gary Brett and Batman wants to roll the fucking dice down here. I guarantee you we can do it because it's the same thing with Florida. We got a bunch of fucking old heads from up north that moved down here because shit's cheaper. It's uh, I don't want to say better quality of life because people get fucking shot everywhere down here. But you can, you know, you can drink with ease. I'm sure weed's going to get fucking legal soon. Um, there's just there's a lot that makes the big easy, a very easy and fun place to live. Um, as long as you're like within like the correct areas. I know that I know a team would be successful. Um, you know, it would be a small market, but at the same time, like people down here, they don't give a fuck what the sport is. They're going to like it. If, if it's, a, if it's this team, they're going to fucking like it. They don't people. Don't, I don't think, <laughs> I think there's some diehard Pels fans but I think there's a lot of people that just don't give a fuck and they're just like, okay, well, the Saints season's over. Now it's time to watch the Pelicans, you know, because we don't have anything else. LSU's over, Saints is over. This is what we're going to fucking watch now. Uh, we got the breakers now. I hope the USFL uh, kind of takes off. Um, I, maybe the breakers will get big down here again, but um, I don't know. Fuck, fuck the Pelicans. They're talking about moving the Pelicans uh, to a new arena, um, which is awesome because I'm like, okay, well then who's going to, who's going to fill the smoothie King center. Hopefully a fucking team. I don't care what type of quality of hockey team it is. Put somebody here, put somebody here. It'd be successful as fuck at any level. I mean, you're saying that you see the Pels fans, they get into this shit. You should see them. Uh, when Zion leaves or right when the fucking guy with the eyebrow left, it was fantastic. I was sitting in empty stands. There was nobody in these fucking games. I was watching season one of the Mandalorian getting like two calls a night on, on kegs, you know, like, Oh, a keg blue. And I'm like, wow, I'm really surprised. This is, I have something to do. <laughs> like <laughs> fuck this team. Um, but before, before we leave, uh, when Corey was talking about Zizano Chara and how cool it was to see them, another thing to dig at the, the dig at the Pelicans for, um, I wish I had met such a cool, uh, sports celebrity like that. Um, I've had terrible in, encounters at, um, at the Smoothie King Center, other than Billie Eilish, almost, I actually almost heard her and I felt fucking horrible but she's like scooting around on the fucking, she's got a scooter, like just hauling ass and I'm just kicking kegs around. Cause I don't want to pick them up. And it, it's just easier to kick them around to, to the cool, like from the cooler to the stand. It's not that far away. Uh, saves my back a little bit, but uh, I had this one moment, you know, before my company made me uh, shorten my beard. Um, I had this one moment where, I had my beard hanging down low, free, free burn it, free breezing it. And uh, what's that? What's that guy? He used to play for Houston. He had the beard. Um, oh, James Harden. James Harden. Yeah. I swear to God, James Harden walked past me and like mean mugged the fuck out of me. And I don't care about who these people are. So mean mugged them back and his kid and his old lady. 
And uh, <laughs> I found out it was James Harden. I was like, oh, that dude seemed like an absolute asshole. Like, I don't know him. I gave him the white person little smirk, like, how you doing? You know, and he just kind of looked at me fucking stupid. Maybe because he expected security to have no one walk. You know, no one can walk. You know, we have a basketball player coming through. Um, and that wasn't the case. I'm like walking with my hand truck and my tools and shit. And I walk past him and his little kid and his his old lady. Um, and he just kind of gave me a look, gave him one right back because like, welcome to New Orleans. I don't know who the fuck you are. You don't play for this team because I don't see you every fucking day of my life. But, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's that's what I get to see here. People come here. They don't have any, like, good experience, I guess. Like, team, like, out-of-state teams don't give a fuck about coming here. They're probably like, God, we got to play the shitty-ass fucking team. And then that's it. And, you know, and it's – they probably don't like us as fans either. I'm not a fan. They probably don't like the, the event staff either. And I, I guess I was feeling the same way that night. And I found out later that night – uh, watching the game, I was like, "Oh, that's that fucking dickhead." I was like, "Oh, that's James Harden." Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> how did I not know that in a moment? I guess I was just walking past him, and I was like, "Some dickhead's fucking mean mugging me." Like, you know, so I had to get, I had to give it back because I'm no coward. I don't care. <laughs> As you should. If it makes you feel any better, I heard um, he's a terrible person. He's pretty rude. I I, I have. See, Richie would know more than me. Um, in I've worked in, in both baseball and in hockey. And so when um, I have a fair amount of pretty good experiences in hockey compared to baseball when it comes to being around players, um, there's a certain team in particular where the players weren't particularly the best. <laughs> Kings. But um, <laughs> outside of that, like most of the time, the players were actually pretty good. Um, it was usually more staff or coaching type of situations. But in general, um, hockey always seemed to be a, a little bit more polite than other sports per se. Um, and that was, you know, interacting with – I've had like a – shorter amount of time with when I worked in baseball, you know, anyone that was coming, that was a a sports star and something else. Um, People don't seem to be nearly as polite as they are in hockey. Maybe they're making too much money. Like hockey doesn't make enough and they're still humble. If you make any more, you just turn to like a complete dickhead. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. know It it could be partially that, but I also felt like there was also a, which I think is this is a double-edged sword uh, because it's the issue that NHL has a fair amount is they're very stuck in the kind of uh, the old ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And so certain things that they would do are very gentleman-like. Right. But then at the same time, that's probably why I would have the same type of issues with like certain staff and certain coaches because like as much as like players would be somewhat gentlemanlike in in some ways like when one of them would do something that wasn't particularly that way the other one there's usually someone else in the locker room that would apologize to you not really tell them to stop but would still apologize to you mm-hmm. whereas like coaches and other staff they they could be undermining cuz you're a female um because they're just not used to that 
the, there it's it's kind of stuck like it's about kind of like going back in time yeah. a little bit so i think that's part of it too is there's a there's a level of um, respect there i think too in hockey hockey mm-hmm. has a, a bit more of a i respect me uh, like, like i respect you you respect me type thing um in a lot of other sports they could just give two fucks about that whole level of respect thing they it's them and it's their career and that's that's it they don't give two shits right that's unfortunate uh but no i totally understand uh i see some of that i don't see that that much with the saints but i do see it a little bit with the pelicans um and that's not not a dig at them it's it's not the franchise's issue i just think it's a more it's more of a personal issue that some people just are so behind in the times um which is which is insane because I mean <laughs> I don't think it's out of this world to think that everybody deserves the same respect as everyone else, um, but yeah, that's a uh, that's tough. Um, but no, I I hope we can get back. I hope we can get to a a level of society where you know it doesn't matter you know your your gender or your skin tone or your, uh, I don't know, fucking uh, political value would hold any more um, significance other than you being a person and you deserve the, you know, a bit of kindness or respect, at least in passing, you know, like, but it has been an absolute pleasure having you two on. Let's see, Richie. Yeah. We're at the end of the first. I know you're ready to start. Uh, getting ready to watch the Suns in a more intimate uh, atmosphere with like, I don't know, like whatever. I don't know if y'all are still doing it on the episode. I remember you guys would do like the, uh, the wine or spirit um, review <laughs> where y'all would just dig deep and get fucked up during episodes <laughs> and, and find a true love for, for, for red blends and, and uh barrel soaked you know whatever's and shit but it's been it's been awesome having y'all on i wish mason was here so he can try to justify himself and we can get this this fake arizona beef handled um cory good luck with your wedding you're gonna be a little overwhelmed but it's gonna be awesome as fuck richie you're gonna probably just have a bunch of fucking fun because there's no true responsibility <laughs> For you other than making sure you don't <laughs> fall when you walk but um guys it's been so awesome catching back up with y'all i feel like it's been fucking forever and uh i hope the suns make it to the finals and hopefully succeed in what they were trying to do last year because that would just shove it way up fucking the pelicans fucking sh- shit hoop um and i can't wait to see a game at asu next year it's going to be fucking fantastic. So um, we can't wait to grab a drink with you when you get here. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I uh, still waiting to, I still got a, a bunch of hole punches to make on my Smoothie King uh, card, which is, uh, we used to get these little cards when you go to Smoothie King. And it's like you fill out like 10 of them and you get a free smoothie. But uh, it's like a common reference down here because it was like something you did as a kid. It's like, like Blockbuster and shit. You get all the, you know, they, whole punch it and shit and you get a free movie i got a bunch of thpn fans that uh well not fans but uh old veterans i guess i'm still excited to meet in person and you guys are hopefully uh coming up a lot faster than um 
I don't want to say then some others because then that sounds like it sounds like I don't give a fuck about some of them. I think everybody's <laughs> cool. But no, I've been uh, wanting to see you guys in person for a long time. You guys are cool. We've been cool since the fucking beginning. And uh, you're like one of the only people, you know, the few people that are left from the beginning. So I feel like there's that still little bit of familiness uh, from the original group. But uh, I love y'all. I hope y'all have a great night. And thank y'all so much for coming on. Thank you, Fenders. <laughs> All right, y'all, we want to thank Richie and Corey for coming on. I love that it started off with with Richie just, I mean, with Corey just digging deep into Mason. Mason, I hope you listen to this episode. (laughs) It was very insightful uh, from some Arizona fans talking just the state of hockey in Arizona uh, revolving the Yotes. Um, uh, I forgot to do it during it. So uh, anyway, you know, as always, this episode, along with every episode, is brought to you by the wonderful folks over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer. For the most exciting playoffs in sports, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all, remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NHL team to win and get get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So even though we forgot to do that during the guest appearance, once again, I just want to say thank you to them. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been a bit off the walls, um, but the playoffs are on. I kind of want to watch Minnesota and the Blues. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. We hope Mason is feeling better, and we hope Habs fans has something enjoyable to look forward to come May 10th when me and Richie do the live stream on the THPN YouTube channel about the draft lottery. Hopefully, I think, like I said, that Arizona is going to get the first overall. But if we do, we know who we're getting. But what, who would you guys want if we did not get the first overall? You guys comment on uh, on our Twitter, Habs Nightly, or – Bayou Benders, let us know who you guys want. Send us an email. Send us also, guys, don't forget, if you don't have Twitter or anything like that, you can comment. You can leave us a 30-second, 30, 30 to 90-second voicemail on our SpeakPipe account. Um, that is www.speakpipe.com slash Habs Nightly. It doesn't cost any money. You can shit talk me. You can do whatever you want. You can tell us the predictions. You can tell me to fuck off. I don't care. 
We just look forward to hearing you guys, and we really hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we cannot wait to talk to you guys again on Monday. This has been Habs Nightwing. Thank you all so much. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.